Well, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Anita J and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Today is Friday, June 2nd, 2017. And today we're reading from the big book and we are at page 50, the very first paragraph, which starts, Instead, we looked at the human defects of these people. And we're going to read through three paragraphs, ending with, let's look at the record. And we're going to comment on all three paragraphs. Today's readers are Tenzin P. on the 12 Steps, Lorraine W. on the 12 Traditions of OA. And our readers of the text today are Chrissy G., Lauren N., and waiting as a backup, Marietta P. The reference ID numbers for yesterday, Thursday, June 1st, are for the 7 a.m. meeting, 9997, and for the 10 a.m. meeting, 9999. Right. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. <clears throat> OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Tenzin P. to read the OA 12 Steps. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Tenzin P. calling from New York. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless small inventory of ourselves. 
five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much, and I pass. Thanks so much, Tenzin P. And now I will ask Lorraine W. to read OA's 12 Traditions. Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. This is Lorraine W. from Pennsylvania, and I have the 12 Traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And with that, I pass. Thank you. 
Thanks so much, Lorraine W. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read and we're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to remute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. So today, we are reading from the big book, the very top of page 50, which begins with, um, instead we looked at the human defects of these people and we're gonna read three paragraphs, ending with let's look at the record and we're gonna comment on all three. And I have asked Chrissy G to begin reading for us. Good morning, Chrissy. Good. Good morning, Anita. It's Chrissy G. Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Anorexic from New Jersey. Instead, we looked at the human defects of these people and sometimes used their shortcomings as a basis of wholesale condemnation. We talked of intolerance while we were intolerant ourselves. We missed the reality and the beauty of the forest because we were diverted by the ugliness of some of its trees. We never gave the spiritual side of life a fair hearing. In our personal stories, you will find a wide variation in the way each teller approaches and conceives of the power which is greater than himself. Whether we agree with a particular approach or conception seems to make little difference. Experience has taught us that these are matters about which, for our purpose, we need not be worried. They are questions for each individual to settle for himself. On one proposition, however, these men and women are strikingly agreed. Every one of them has gained access to and believes in a power greater than himself. This power has in each case accomplished the miraculous, the humanly impossible. As a celebrated American statesman put it, let's look at the record. Mm, I'm Chrissy. Um, and I'm so honored to be sharing on this. I had my morning prayer this morning and at, there's no coincidences I always find in in the realm of the spirit, the spiritual side of life, as the book put put it. I always find the connection in everything that I'm doing when I'm seeking to do God's will. And I prayed this morning to give the message of the miraculous, miraculous transformation to everybody who God brings my way this morning. And I didn't know that I would be the first reader and I didn't know that I would be sharing on this. So that that's a miracle and i hold on to those many miracles because i no longer live 
any other way but in the spiritual side of life that that is my life the spirit is my life and i love how it says how did each of the storytellers come to believe that's what it's talking about how each of them came to believe is not important it's it's something that we could get hung up on if we choose to get hung up on but we don't need to be concerned with that and like with everything in the spiritual realm we don't have to be concerned with a lot it's mostly in our willingness that we we put exert our efforts to align with god's will and that's always the seeking to do that always seeking to do that and i i have a couple of people in my life that are in their addiction and i i can see the disease i can see the disease gripping hold of them and and it, the human impossibility of them overcoming their disease and and i could also see on the other side of it like this beautiful woman that that um said hello before the recording started about her 65 days of abstinence and how miraculous and she's so filled with the spirit she's so filled with hope and and god bless her that that's the the message of hope that we need to share with one another and and i think sometimes the message could be one of um i i not miraculous and not not hope but sort of like okay well you got to give up everything that you've held dear to you and that has worked for you to get through this your your life so far in exchange for something that you have to figure out what it is and how you believe it it doesn't sound like a very appealing proposition but what i what i want to share is that it's so it's so kind the way the higher power works because it's just a beginning you just need to make a beginning all you need to do is is believe that these people that you read their stories these people that you hear their stories on the line that they have experienced the miraculous in their lives and specifically as it pertains to food addiction and and do what they do and find your own way piece by piece but you could adopt those beliefs of other people you look at them and you say okay so what is the common thread with most people who have experienced the miraculous they believe that that god is good that there is a god that cares about them that wants to help them i mean that's a common thread whether that's just a benevolent spirit or the the bounty and abundance of nature it doesn't matter but a common theme is that it's good and it wants to help otherwise why would we turn our will and our life over to something that didn't want to care for us so i think that look for the things that make sense and try not to argue with the things that that our disease wants to argue with because the miraculous is there for everyone and with that i pass thanks so much christy g now i'm going to open it up just a minute please just say your name once matt please matt m harlan i heard first i heard a michael h larry k and i heard and i heard tina uh, s yes tina that's who i heard right tina s barbara barbara b julie m Jan S, Julie M, 
Reva P. And Reva P. All right, let's stop there because I may have one lady missing from here. So listen to this list. Carolyn, Matt, Michael, Tina S., Larry, Barbara, I think B, but who, whichever one, um, Jan S., and Julie P., or Ju anyway, one of the Julies, and Reva P. And was there another woman? All right, good. Okay, good morning, Harlan. You're up. Good morning. Good morning, Kathy. Thank you for your service. Thank you to Team Friday for making this magnificent meeting possible. In the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, on page 13 in Bill's story, from the paragraph that says, my schoolmate visited me, there was something that Ebby had tucked under his arm that he gave Bill that day to change the course of the world. Very widely read at that time was a book called The Varieties of Religious Experience by William James. And the book by William James was a gift that day in December of 1934 from Eddie Thatcher to Bill Wilson. William James's influence on page 50 is unbelievable. William James wrote the book, The Varieties of Religious Experience, about people who through catastrophe in their own life found a path to a power greater than themselves. And in this book, he describes how these people who were faithless at the time gained faith in, access to, and strength from a power greater than themselves so that they could overcome seemingly unsurmountable calamity. On page 60B, it says, no human power could have relieved our compulsion. No human power could have relieved our alcoholism, excuse me. And it says here in, on page 50, which is, the which is the paragraphs that we're reading right here, it says, experience has taught us that these matters about which for our purpose we need not be worried, they are questions for each individual for him, to settle for himself. In other words, my conception is my own business. However, on one proposition, however, these men and women are strikingly agreed. Every one of them has gained access to and believes in a power greater than himself. This power, capitalized God, has in each case accomplished the miraculous, the humanly impossible, as a celebrated American statesman put it. Let's look at the record. Look at Bill Wilson. A drunk didn't drink from December of 1934 to January of 1971. Bob Smith got sober on June the 10th, 1935, did not find it necessary to drink liquor, and he died in November of 1950 with over 15 years of sobriety. I ate food against my will. I lived in I lived in squalor. I didn't pay my bills. I didn't pay my taxes. I had towels shoved between layers of slab to keep the fat from rubbing together because the contact dermatitis set me on fire. I was emasculated by this illness and torn asunder by it. I have not found it necessary to compulsively overeat in 18 and a half years. I have lost over 500 pounds. 
my life works, I function, and I am doing so happily because of a power greater than myself that I choose to call God. You can choose to call it anything you want, but this works when you work it with that. I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks so much, Harlan G. And good morning, Madam. You're next. Sorry, I knew that I said my name more than once. Um, <laughs> morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M. Compulsive Overeater from New Jersey. We taught of intolerance while we were intolerant ourselves. We never gave the spiritual side of life fair hearing. That was basically me in a nutshell, you know, um, because of the way I was raised and how things have happened to me, that I wasn't going wasn't gonna to believe in the God idea. I wasn't going to believe in higher power because of religion, the way the religion beat me down all the way since I was a kid up to when I was an adult. And then I looked at these personal stories and I realized, wow, some, everybody's different and unique in their own personal way, but they all came to believe. So 42 people that can actually do that with their 42 personal stories, why can't I? That was just me having the attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. Like it says, you know, in the, in the 571 um, of 527, 528, excuse me, of the sentence two, it says, um, contempt prior to investigation. I didn't want to hear God, the word God. I was, I was bristle as if I, as if I, as if I was like automatically, I wanted to be ignorant. I didn't want to hear the word God at all. And, um, I definitely could see these, these men and women who strikingly agreed. Everyone has gained access to and believes in a higher power greater than himself. I do have a higher power of understanding. I choose not to define it. I don't call it God. I call it higher power because I don't, I personally don't care for the word God, but that doesn't mean I can't recover. I believe I do have one because I've, I've been through so many things in my life that have gotten me through, and I can't, I can't explain it, but I know something's been watching out for me that's protecting me from all the situations. That have that have kept me down, and I realized that God didn't do this to me, or my higher power didn't do this to me. A lot of these things I've, I've caused my own problems. A lot of these things for myself, even the things I couldn't control. You know, they weren't caused by higher power or God. They were caused by just stuff happening. Stuff happens to people. We don't understand. We can't comprehend how these things happen. So I'm finally stopping to blame myself, and I'm stopping to blame my higher power for these things happening. And I'm taking it one day at a time, and hopefully, I like. Go through the process and get closer and closer to the higher power of my understanding. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much, Matt. And Michael, Michael, your initial, please. It is Michael H. H. Okay, you're up. Thank you, Anita, for your service. And thanks for all the folks on this beautiful Friday for uh, bringing this meeting alive. Um, my name is Michael H. I am recovered from the great state of Illinois. Um, thanks for letting me uh, let me share this morning real quickly. Um, this is really an incredible couple paragraphs. It says here, this power greater than ourselves we're trying to access, it doesn't matter how we go about it is what I'm hearing which tells me that literally all, all who are thirsty, all people are welcome. It doesn't matter if you're like me, who I was deep into religion. However, I was blocked from God. And it doesn't matter if, if we have no faith. We, we still are welcome to this, uh, this incredible experience. And, and I, I just feel a great sense of freedom um, from that from that 
promise, if you will, and, and possibly the greatest promise that, that I've read in this book. So is it the power... I'm sorry, back up. Every one of them, not some of them, not a couple of them, or not most of them, absolutely every one of them has gained access to and believes in a power greater than himself. And if that was the end of the story, then that would be nice, but it's not the end. In each case, this power, not me, this power accomplished the miraculous, the humanly impossible. And that is the great promise for me that I read. And um, I, I've experienced that. I've gone from the hopeless state of addictions to to recovered and and some may hear this and think, wow, all these words of great promise and miracles. I mean, these are not something that we hear every day when we're walking about. But all of us who are on this line who are recovered know that, that it is a miracle. That it's something that I was not able to do by myself. And I've been trying for at least 30 years to arrest this disease in all its manifestations. And I was unable so I know for a fact that a power greater than me did it, and uh, I'm grateful. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks so much, Michael H. And Tina S., you are up, followed by Larry K. Thanks, Anita, for your service. Tina S., recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow, some great shares. Thank you, guys. I, you know, I'm so grateful that I that I really belong here. And, you know, when I first came into the program and started reading the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, I read the stories in the back of the book. And I thought, oh, happy endings, you know, happy endings. And, uh, you know, then when I started studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, it talked about this stuff here and how the, the people in the personal stories, how they, uh, you know, uh, approached and conceived, you know, uh, came to and formed a relationship with a power greater than themselves. And then when I went back and reread these stories, I, I read them in a different light. And I, and I was looking for that because, you know, I came in here as an agnostic. And, um, you know, one of the things that I found, they didn't just all of a sudden say, okay, God, okay, power greater than myself, you know, restore me to sanity. You know, they had exhausted all their efforts too. You know, and that's how they got to a place of, of beaten to a place of reasonableness and how they just became willing and how that power took over from there. You know, and, and I am so, so grateful that it tells me that I don't have to believe in what they believe. You know, it's my own experience that gets me to that place of defeat, of willing to do something different because what I've tried certainly has not worked. You know, and then it says it talks about how they gained access to and believed in you know, how they obtained and how they had the opportunity to benefit from. And that benefit, you know, was the miraculous, the humanly impossible. And it was said by everybody, you know, in, in uh, the A, Bs, and Cs. You know, no human power can relieve my alcoholism. You know, God couldn't would if you were sought. You know, and, and, you know, one of the things that today, when I get in that place, and I do, you know, I think I'm still, you know, in charge. I still play God. I have to be defeated. And then I go, okay, you know, I cannot do this thing on my own. And, uh, you know, I'm rambling, so with that, I'll pass. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks so much, Tina S. Good morning, Larry Kay. You are up. Good morning, Anita. <clears throat> I was unmuting there. Thank you for your service. Um, this is Larry Kay. Uh, I'm a recovered 
compulsive overeater from Chicago. The, um, you know, Harlan had mentioned William James. I'm also going to mention William James. And again, that was that book, as he mentioned, that uh, that was given to to Bill by Ebby Batcher. I've read that book a few times. You know, one of the things that William, and it's good to revisit because it's it's at the foundation of the evolution of our program. So it's important for me to understand it anyway. And William James concluded in this book that was called Varieties of Religious Experience that was given to Bill, that there's something wrong with us that can be, not something bad with us, but something wrong with us that can be rectified by making the proper connection with the higher power. And we, and we, and we, we speak of a higher power of our own understanding, right? A power greater than, than each of us. And for this reason, James said that a higher value must be given to experience and feeling over thought because sometimes our thinking fools us. You don't have to search long and hard to find, uh, you know, examples of your thinking, your very best thinking fooling you. You know, we're fallible human beings. So we have to give that higher value to our experience and feeling over thought. And James he argued that the subconscious serves as a conduit through which the, 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 the further limits of our being plunge into another dimension of experience. And we call that other dimension, that fourth dimension, uh, spiritual dimension. And, you know, that, that's what we, we see. You know, for me, step two is about that. It is about you know, pocketing my pride and pocketing my, my, my intellect that I have, I have such tremendous pride over my intellect thinking that I always know best. But what if there are some things that I don't know that I don't know? What if there are some things that I don't know that I don't know? And, and it, was, it was in this context that these steps if worked, if worked in sequence and if worked rapidly, maybe what if you're still out there? You've been around. You know a lot. You certainly <clears throat> like to throw, we, we used to say, throw your candy on the table, meaning let me, throw, let me show you everything that I got, everything that I know. There, there's no, there's no uh, you know, that, that, that has no denomination here. What if I go through this experience and what if I find out, as I did, that, that I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know that this works. It does work. It results in a complete transformation. Grateful for that. Grateful for this, for Alcoholics Anonymous. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks very much, Larry Kay. Um, Barbara. Is Barbara B? Barb. Barbara, is it Barbara B? You are up, followed by Jan S. It is Barbara B, not B. E. B. Good. Good morning. But, I, but I'm Barbara E. I'll take. I'll do it if Barbara no. B is up. Okay. Oh, I, I don't know. You, nobody else is answering. Go ahead. 
So I may take it, Barbara E. Go ahead. I don't hear the other person. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought I was unmuted. This is Barbara oh. B. This is Barbara oh. B. I thought I was unmuted. Excuse me. Okay, I'm getting mixed up. Okay. <laughs> okay, go for it, Barbara B. Okay, this is Barbara B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. And I'm very mindful this morning as we read this, and, and uh, every morning really, but uh, somehow it's very loud and clear this morning to look at the humanly impossible. And let's look at the record. So I'm just realizing again and again that step two, this movement to belief, is built on the shoulders of step one. So as they say, I don't want to forget to remember. And of course, sharing and telling our stories and reaching out to others helps keep that alive, that record. Let me look at my record. So in order to really believe, I had to be knocked down and know that it was humanly impossible. That is, this human, me, no other human, science, religion, medicine, whatever. There was no human being who could help me with this situation of addiction, with food, and the, uh, the voluminous unmanageability of my life, step one. And there was no human power, even in the guides in the program, the over-dependence on another human being, even in the program. They had, everything had to lead and does and did to an ultimate divine power that the solution is in the divine and so i'm very conscious especially i'm so glad to be reminded that in order to go through this step two i have to be very very clear that it is humanly impossible there is no other way there is no other way i can look at my own record and look at the record of others and the record of people that i read about so thank god for that awareness that awareness and that having been beaten so that I'll say, here I am, here I am, I give up. Thank you, I pass. Thanks so much, Barbara V. Uh, Janice, you are up. Good morning, this is Janice, may I be heard? Yes, you can. Good morning, Anita, thank you for your service. Thank you everyone who shared this morning, it's been just amazing. Um, this chapter was one of the chapters that I I disliked the most <laughs> because uh, no matter how much I didn't want to discuss a higher power or God, um, when I came in, I bristled at that word. I didn't want to do that spiritual part. I I just said, I'll skip right over that and do everything else and take what I like and leave the rest. No matter what, I... I could not put the food down in the program for any length of time without this crucial part, because this is the part, higher power, whatever we choose to call it, I choose to call that a higher power God today, is the solution. I cannot be sane. I cannot live a happy and joyous and life free from the insanity of this addiction without that crucial piece, which is God, which is greater than myself. I had to make the choice. I had to get out of the way. I, I take it back to Bill's story when Ebby says, 
because this is what happened to me finally, why don't you just choose your own concept of God? I don't know if Ebby ran out of patience or Bill was giving him all these arguments back and forth, but he finally just kind of, I feel like he threw his hands up and said, just choose something that works for you, you know? And for me, that was the beginning. That was the beginning because the, the, the religion of my childhood was laced with all kinds of, of anger and resentment within my own family's experiences with that religion my mom especially, um, and there was a little piece of me, even as a little girl, that wanted God in my life and in my heart, and I rejected it, you know, for a very long time, but when I came in, I was agnostic, I didn't want to believe, you know, um, there was a little voice in there that knew there was a God, but, you know, I didn't want to leave, but if anyone would have ever told me after 35 years in, re- in this recovery program, and at this point in time, five years of back-to-back abstinence, that I would not put anything before that God in my life today. I would have never believed it because that was not me. I could take care of everything. I could be in control. I could fix me. I could fix you. I could fix the world. But no, no, not anymore. That's not the way I live my life today. God in my life and my relationship with that higher power on a conscious and unconscious level has to be my priority has to be where I turn my source every day. And, you know, in times of indecision, in times of doubt, in times of defects of character popping up again, in times of not of illness, I have to turn there. So I am so grateful that the God that I understand today is a big, loving God that has it is roomy and all-encompassing and takes good care of, of me and, and everyone when we ask. And we and we do do what we have to do to stay in recovery. So thank you, thank you. One day at a time. Many blessings. Thank you, thank you, Janice and Julie. Is this Julie R? Julie M. Julie M. Good morning, Julie M. Go ahead. Good morning, Janice. Thank you for your service. This is Julie Anita. M. Recovered. Anita. Hi, Anita. Thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado. Um, I am so excited to be reading this paragraph. I would not be allowed in program. I, this would not work for me if I couldn't choose my own conception of a power greater than myself. And I, I have been in program for five and a half years, and I have been very much of the educational variety. It has been a struggle for me to... Um, understand and and build strategies for connecting. Um, I feel like I had a cement wall between me and God until I came into this program. I, I couldn't even believe that God existed. And now I'm I'm working with a sponsee who is so excited and so motivated. And we've been spending one to two hours. Yesterday we spent three hours on the phone. And she is just, the light bulbs are coming on and she's, she's so excited. And she shared with me that what she does every morning now, and she's only been doing this for a few weeks, is she, she just asks her, she's the spirit of the universe is what she's calling it right now, to come into her and speak through her 
she had to have a very difficult conversation with her husband. And she said afterwards, she said, Julie, I've never, ever spoken to him like that. It's never been so, so much communication. And so she goes, it was the first time we've ever had that in eight years. And I feel like my higher power was just in me and speaking through me. And I mean, she, she cries almost every time we talk. She's so excited. And I am, I am so excited to see her connecting and showing me how because it's something I have been struggling with. It's like I have moments of it, but it's, it's always been a bit of a struggle for me. And so this program is just continues to open me up to possibilities that I didn't know existed. And working with this Muncie is just a, just a joy that I never realized I could have. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Julie M. And Reva P., you are up. Good morning. It's Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, I'm really struck by the word intolerance this morning because it's been coming up a lot for me in my Step 10, 11, 12 work. So, you know, when I first came into program, the biggest intolerance, the biggest not allowing, not accepting something was this intolerance to the God words. Um, I didn't really hear at the time that it was more about power. Um, I knew I was powerless. I knew I had tried every conceivable method to control and manage this um, and fix this on my own. So pain was a great persuader and I was willing to be less intolerant, more tolerant and open-minded. Um, and start taking in some of the stuff um, that the program was talking about because the food was just so crazy and unmanageable. But, you know, now with the food down, life can still be really unpeaceful. I can still be very uncomfortable because it's not just about the food and abstinence only. It's about my thinking, my thinking about other people, looking at other people and expecting everybody to think and behave the way I do or the way I think they should. And people are not following my script um, and never will follow my script um, because there's a lot of diversity in how people choose to live, and that's life. And the only way I can become tolerant and gain access to, you know, this is just step two. This is just an acknowledgement that I need something bigger than me because my way isn't working. That's all it is. I don't have access in step two. I just have a need, and I don't really get access to power in step 11. So when it says that all of them have gained access to, um, it's by doing the step work. I can't just snap my fingers and accept something that's so objectionable to me. And pain becomes a great persuader doing and continuing to do the step work. And when it says miraculous, it is miraculous. But you know what? It's not magic. It takes action. And by doing the step work and taking the actions, what's really amazing is my intolerance, my I can't stand the way that person is behaving, dissipates, not because I'm making it go away. It just happens as a result of working the steps. And to me, that's like miraculous because I can't do that either. I can't be accepting and tolerant and kind um, with my own willfulness. It doesn't work. With that, I pass. Thanks so much, Reva P. 
We're going to open it up again. I think we'll start with Barbara E. if she's still on the line. And how about three or four more? Barbara R. Melissa R. Melissa And I'm going to stop with these four. And if we have more, I hear some other names. But I think we should stop here. Barbara E., Nessa R., Melissa C., and Leah M. Go ahead, Barbara E. Barbara E., go ahead. Hi, this is Barbara E. this time from New Jersey. I have a a resentment. I am going to have to uh, email my sponsor. I felt anger because I heard a mechanical voice say, you've been dropped off the phone call. That's the first time I ever heard that but I managed to get on in time. So I thank you so much. This is a wonderful meeting. I love this paragraph that says, on one proposition, however, these men and women are strikingly agreed. Everyone has gained access and beliefs in a power greater than themselves. I had to be willing to believe. I had to have the right attitude, take an action, and then perhaps I could of that change. I came into program in 1997. It was a higher power. I thought it was my next door neighbor, but it was a higher power that brought me to OA. And I did get abstinent because I got a sponsor and I'm an isolationist and I would eat behind closed doors, never in public, always in private, eating out of the garbage, eating out of my closet, driving around in my car, eating, eating, eating. But I came in, I got abstinent, I lost the weight. But that didn't mean I was happy, joyous, and free. No, no, no. I hadn't accepted that I needed a spiritual life. I simply refused to accept that I needed to have faith in a higher power that was not centered in my my food sponsor, in the membership, in the meetings, I needed to have something else. And I had to continue my journey for things to get better or my faith would not pay off. There were times when it seems as if my life was backwards started and I couldn't connect with any spiritual resource at all. Then there were times when I felt surrounded by calm and strength and beauty And then the bad times were back again. Gradually, the good times began to increase and the bad times began to decrease and become farther and farther apart. And my sense of self became stronger. And the feeling inside of me that is at the core felt calm and began to heal. So every single day when I get up now, I say the set-aside prayer. Lord, today let me help me to set aside everything I think I know about you, everything I think I know about myself, everything I think I know about others, and ever, everything I think I know about my own recovery for a new experience in myself, a new experience in my fellows, and my own recovery. I had to put aside my prejudice, not against religion, but against those members who were talking about being um, rocketed to the fourth dimension. What were they talking about? Trudging a broad highway. What were they talking about? 
I wanted what they had. I coveted it, but I didn't know how to get it until I started seriously working with a step sponsor and reading the big book and studying it. I thank you so much for this meeting. It means so much to me. And I'm glad I was able to get back on the phone call today. Thank you. I passed. Thank you, Barbara E. I also got dropped. Don't feel badly. Um, okay. Nessa R., you're up. Thank you. Um, good morning, Vision for You. It's Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. And I want to focus on the word miraculous. Like, what, what is miraculous? about this program is it the fact that I stopped eating cheesecakes um, no that's not miraculous because I've done that so many times um, that I cannot even keep count of how many times I actually stopped eating cheesecake you know the miraculous is that I stay stopped the miraculous is that I have undergone a transformation, a personality change, a spiritual awakening that enables me to not get started on the cheesecake again, that enables me to go through life and life's challenges without having to compulsively overeat. You know, and it's not only that I don't need um, the food, it's I don't want the food the food is not even on the radar screen at all. And I don't feel deprived at all. Do I feel deprived that I'm not eating cheesecake now, that I don't probably going to eat uh, um, cheesecake ever again uh, as long as I maintain in fit spiritual condition? I don't feel deprived at all because I don't need it because I have something so much better. That is what miraculous means. You know, I have found something that can give me what Cheesecake gave me um, with all the benefits and none of the disadvantages. You know, that sense of ease and comfort now that I derive from a power greater than, um, than myself. Uh, a sense of ease and comfort that doesn't come with strings attached, that doesn't come with, um, with negative consequences, with ensuing pain and self-loathing. Uh, but only just a general state of well-being, of, 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 of optimism, of positivity, you know, of really looking forward to the present and the future. I mean, that, that is the miraculous. That is the miraculous. Um, but it, as, as was said before, it is not by magic. I had to do work, you know, in order to merit that transformation uh, which was not done by me, was done to me uh, by a power greater than myself, by God Almighty, um, I had to do some work. And it all started with my becoming entirely abstinent. And it continued with my following the instructions in the big book as I worked through the steps uh, in complete abstinence to the best of my ability. That was my part of it. And then God did the miraculous, which was to effect a transformation that eliminated um, the food as my, thank you, as my go-to place when, um, when I needed something to help me cope and replaced it with something much, much better. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks very much, Nessa R. 
if um, Melissa and Leah could each take two minutes, we'd be perfect. So please go ahead, Melissa C. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And um, thank you so much, Anita. Thank you, everyone. Um, you know, for me, um, I, I think I I had a very um, immature attitude towards God, and I confused God um, with people, you know, and, and religious people um, were um, God's representation to me. And so anybody that was religious um, or had religion who um, hurt me in any way, um, real or imagined, I, I kind of threw God in with that with that mix, and I confused it. And so, you know, an early experience of being um, somewhat not welcomed in a certain, you know, neighbor's home, and I think it was based on a religious, you know, belief. Um, so then I hated everybody that had their beliefs, and, um, and along with that was God. And, you know, and so what's immature about it, it kind of reminds me of um, – you know, like a middle school girl, you know, who feels rejected by the cool girls. And um, and so I'm going to hate them all before anybody, you know, I'm going to hate you before you can hate me. And that was my, you know, that was my relationship with God as well. Um, you know, and, um, but I really needed a power greater than myself because, and that's the truth, because um, I could get abstinent without God. You know, like I... I was introduced to this program, and I, like someone said before, uh, took what I wanted and left the rest, and so thank you, I left God out, um, and so I could get abstinent, but I could not stay abstinent, and I couldn't do so happily. You know, I was completely miserable. It was just another diet with a little group support, um, and, and group support is human power, and it's not enough. It's not enough to keep me going, and, um, you know, beaten down enough, um, I became some willing to that I had. Are you willing to just put aside some of your prejudices and accept what's available? And um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thanks very much, Melissa C. And Leah M., you'll be our last. Please go ahead. Thanks so much. <laughs> I'll try to make it quick. I mean, I think it's important, uh, you know, as we read these paragraphs to remember that, uh, you know, it was penned by, you know, people who were recovered alcoholics, people in whom the problem had been solved. They had done the work. Um, every one of them has gained access to and believes in a power greater than himself. So, um, you know, the essence of what the 12 steps do for us is the 12 steps remove the things that block us from the higher power deep down within us. So even though, you know, many come with a belief already, the bottom line is that um, people have been blocked from the access. They don't have an effective defense, uh, mental defense against that first bite. And, you know, it takes work. That's the work of the 12 steps. We don't get this in step two um, because more than, you know, my compulsive overeating had to be arrested. My own philosophies, my ideas, my beliefs, my attitudes had to be confronted and overhauled. And that's exactly what the step process does. And then, you know, whether we believe in God or don't believe in God, um, at the end of the 12, you know, working the steps, 
particularly steps four through nine, we begin to live in God's vision. We enter the world of the spirit. As soon as the blocks are removed, we have contact with that higher power, and we become sane. We have a personality change sufficient to overcome compulsive overeating. And that's a message of hope and possibility for everyone. It's like a great big show-and-tell operation, whether it's in this book or on this line. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Leah M. I want to thank everybody who shared. Um, And please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And let me tell you that today's share ID for what you've just heard is 1003. 1003. No, it's not 1003. 1003. Okay. Um, and now if I'm going to ask um, Laura, uh, Lauren N. to read A Vision for You, which we will find on page 164. Good morning, visionaries. This is Lauren N. reading Vision for You on 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as we trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.